3: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime
2: for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I hope you had a great weekend. Gang's all here. Yes, even McLovin. Lame duck McLovin. Welcome to the program. Seton, Pauly, Fritsy, McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Mike Golick will join us coming up in a little bit. Big Mike will join us coming up. Carson Palmer will stop by and the new Notre Dame head coach, Marcus Freeman, as well. Your phone calls, always welcome, any day. But on Monday, we do best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Holiday shopping, we got it for you at danpatrick.com. Gifts, puzzles, we got uh, pint glasses, coffee mugs, Todd's Limerick greeting cards that are really, really well done. Well, not the Limericks, but the way the cards look. Thanks They're, for clarifying. Thank you, Todd. Limited edition items from the great uh, the uh, fabric uh, brand, brand Sportique. Tons of items available at danpatrick.com. Sportique, a great uh, clothing line that we have partnered with there. Uh, Usually by this point of the season, Super Bowl favorites have emerged. And the NFC, it seems like we have a couple of good candidates. You got the Buccaneers, you got the Packers, Cardinals, got to throw them in. AFC is a little less clear. You got four teams tied at eight and four. You got Chiefs, Titans, Patriots, Ravens, all eight and four. Bills face New England tonight, right behind them at seven and four. I don't know if anybody's been consistently good, very good, excellent this season. The key for them is you got to get hot at the right time. And you also have to stay healthy or get healthier. The Patriots and Bills tonight is big. And everyone has to notice how well the Chiefs defense is playing after a slow start to the season. Like you can focus on, hey, that defense is getting a whole lot better. Or you can go, I don't know about that offense. Because normally when we think Kansas City, you don't bring up their defense unless it's one or two plays that are made to, say, win a Super Bowl. Getting to the top spot is so important this year because only the number one seed gets a bye. And you have an even playing field now. So playing one last game in a 17-game regular season is big. So the next five weeks are going to be interesting as the AFC teams are trying to make a move to get in better position for the postseason. And there were a lot of takeaways yesterday. You know, the Steelers got by the Ravens. I don't know what to make of the Ravens. I don't know what to make of the Steelers. Chargers handle the Bengals, the Lions win, the Rams roll, Seahawks over the 49ers. Just one of those weeks where you get a couple of surprises there. Look out for the Dolphins. They a playoff team? I don't know. But when they start out poorly and now they're playing well, they got a really good wide receiver in Jalen Waddell. Tua plays well, playing enough good football to maybe keep that job uh, do the Eagles have a quarterback controversy now with Gardner Minshew in instead of Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts out. Gardner Minshew looked great. Are the Chargers back? I don't know where they went, but are they back? Russ plays well. What does that mean? So there's a lot of questions here, and a lot of times when you look at a team, when they get hot, when they're playing their best football, and you can go back to last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I didn't know it's 7-5 if they were going to be a playoff team. And then, next thing you know, they don't lose a game. Twelve games in. Now it's 17-game regular season. So you start to look at that final three, final four games. Are you healthier? Are you going to get healthier? And what's your schedule look like? Are you going to have home field advantage? Those are the things that I start to look for here. And if you're going to handicap, Buccaneers look good. You know, granted, they beat Atlanta. But I'm still waiting for them to play their best football. And I don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown because there's a chance that he's going to get cut. Gronk comes in and scores touchdowns. But, you know, Godwin is still good. Evans is still good. Is the defense where it was last year? Not that I've seen so far. But you start to look at this. I still like the Packers. Uh, They've had a lot of injuries, but I still like what Green Bay has done, continues to do. Not losing Aaron Jones to a season-ending injury. Having Dylan in there to run. You know, those are important. In the AFC, everybody was trying to crown Buffalo to start the year. I didn't see it. But this is an important game tonight. This is one of those standalone games where everybody's going to have an opinion on Mac Jones tomorrow and and, an opinion on, you know, how good Buffalo is in Josh Allen. Everybody. Is Josh Allen back in the MVP race? Or maybe they're not as good. Or maybe Mac Jones is better than what we thought. Maybe New England is better than what we thought. It's like, you know, you don't bet against Belichick and Nick Saban. You just don't. You may pick against them, but on Friday, I said, look, I can't go against Nick Saban, and I wouldn't go against Bill Belichick. I mean, Georgia was the favorite, and rightfully so. It's still, it's Nick Saban. It's just, you know, the offense got shut down against Auburn. Did I expect them to explode against the best defense in football? I did not. But once again, it's Nick Saban. It's Bill Belichick. Somehow, someway, they find a way to win a game. Do I expect Belichick? No, I, I thought they were a playoff team. I didn't think they were a Super Bowl-caliber team. Maybe they are. Maybe it's just, it's begrudging that we don't want to admit that the Patriots are good. It's like, okay. But, you know, it was a better topic when they got rid of Brady. Brady goes to the Super Bowl and the Patriots, you know, trying to resurrect Cam Newton. And that didn't go well. And then all of a sudden you go, damn, he might have done it again. He's got a good quarterback, got a just enough offense, good defense there. You throw in Belichick and you got an advantage over a lot of teams. This is, you know, you don't want to you don't want to face them. Yeah, you just don't. Um, you know, the Titans I'm not sure about without Derrick Henry. With him, I thought that they were a Super Bowl-caliber team. Colts, as long as Jonathan Taylor's running the football, I'm, I'm right there with him. And Carson Wentz, just do enough, but don't do too much where you might lose a game. Um, so trying to handicap all of this, is that's what's the fun part of this. And even an MVP candidate, I normally don't talk to about it week to week, but you start to think, well, who is the MVP? Is it Brady? Kyler Murray's missed a couple of games. But it might be, it's not going to be Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to give it to Aaron Rodgers. So it might be Tom Brady. You know, Unless somebody says, what about Micah Parsons? I don't know. I mean, put him in there.
0: Yeah, Seton. Why does it feel like when you say that, like Tom Brady somehow backing into the MVP rather than playing into it?
2: Well, I I think that you would, you would look at the story and you go, man, of course, that's a great story. MVP. I just don't know how the voters think because the voters always want something new, something different. That's why we've had second, third year quarterbacks and like, Oh, this is the year for Josh Allen. And Sometimes that guy is right in front of you.
0: Yes. He... It's like it's like there's this process of elimination where you're like, well, it can't be him because of this. So it can't be this guy because he missed it. So I guess it's Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't know. I know.
2: It might be. <laughs> it might be. Has been the last couple of weeks. It certainly feels that way. Yeah, Paul.
4: Nobody wants the homecoming king to win the lottery. Brady's the homecoming king. He's won everything. It's like, we're going to give another award. Can we give it to anybody else? But he's totally deserving with age and stats.
2: Well, you don't want to have the homecoming king become homecoming king again. Yeah, back-to-back. Yes, but that's what it feels like. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. This uh, program brought to you by Masterclass. If you'd like to uh, cook like Gordon Ramsay or maybe sing like Mariah Carey, Masterclass is the place to go. Unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. Now you can give one annual Masterclass membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick Term Supply. All right, poll question,
5: McLevin. Okay, Paul threw out an interesting one that I couldn't answer. Um, who would you never doubt, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, if you had to pick one of the two?
2: I would say Nick Saban because I think he has more control over the outcome of a game in college football because there's only a couple of teams in college football who have his talent. There are a lot of teams who have a lot of talent, more talent than the New England Patriots. But I think when it comes to my talent is better than your talent, and then you factor in Saban on top of that, he's going to come out on top. I mean, there's only, what, three, four teams in America that come close to Alabama's talent? And then you factor in his expertise, I would say Nick Saban. And watching the game, I just, you know, you're... Trying to figure out, do they have a really good defense, a really good offense? Can they put both together? I mean, they played a great game, perfect game there. I mean, you go from number four, number three, to number one. And, you know, this is where I get into this discussion all the time when people say, why do you say it's a TV show? Well, this is why it's a TV show. Because Alabama goes to number one, and Georgia goes to four. Are you trying to tell me that Cincinnati is better than Georgia? And the answer is Cincinnati is not. The reason why it's a TV show is because if you put Georgia at, uh, at, at four, you know, and then they go to three, you, you can't have them at four. So they're at three. That way they don't face each other. But if they went to four, then you would go, okay, Georgia just lost. Should they go to four? Cincinnati's undefeated. They should go to three. Then you have one versus four again. They don't want to have that. So you make it a TV show. It's going to be Cincinnati versus Alabama, Georgia versus Michigan. So you don't have the rematch. The fact that you factor the that in, that you don't want to have a rematch, tells you it's made for TV, the Army Club.
5: I mean, Michigan could be one, right? Yes, I was curious can. where you thought they belonged.
2: Well, those are impressive back-to-back games. But I think the way Alabama won, I got to factor in history here. But Michigan did what, you know, I didn't know that they could do. Back to back great games, you know. Iowa is not a very good team, good team, not a not a you know really good team. You know, it's one of those they got a good defense when they get takeaways. Other than that, I didn't like their offense. I didn't like their quarterback play. But Michigan is got a great offense and defensive line, and they run the football. And I got to factor that in. And, you know, going against Georgia is a great matchup there. Yes, he.
0: But is, is Alabama being number one as simple as Alabama beat the number one team in the nation, whereas Georgia beat the number two? Uh, or excuse me, Michigan beat the number two. They beat uh, Ohio State. So, I mean, it's just kind of if you're looking by rankings. Yeah. Yeah, you would put Alabama up ahead of Michigan based on that, right?
2: But Georgia gets blown out and doesn't go down to four. Cincinnati wins, stays undefeated. But that's where they didn't want to have one versus four. Yeah, Paul.
4: You know, we complained about college football being predictable. This worked out pretty well. Yeah. And Clemson's not there. No offense, but Ohio State's not there, and they're almost always
2: there. There were a lot of people rooting for Notre Dame this weekend. <laughs> Weirdly. And Notre Dame wasn't playing. They wanted Notre Dame in just to basically say, you know, stick it to Brian Kelly. You're gonna leave, uh you're gonna leave a Final Four team. And but I, I do think if Oklahoma State had won, Oklahoma State might have jumped Cincinnati. I think that would have been the interesting thing. Or would Notre Dame have slipped in? Yeah, McClellan.
5: If uh, you can only watch one of the two Final Four games, which one are you more curious about? Alabama, Cincinnati, or Georgia, Michigan?
2: Georgia, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, do I expect Alabama to beat Cincinnati? Yes. Do I hope it's a competitive game? Yes. Um, Georgia, Michigan. Georgia defensive line versus the offensive line with Michigan running the football. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, Georgia's offense against Michigan's defense and those... You know, two great defensive uh, linemen that, that they have. Yeah, Paul.
4: Alabama, the early line, is giving 13.5 to Cincinnati. Over-under is 58. Okay. Uh, Michigan, Georgia, the over-under is only 43.5. And uh, Michigan is getting 7.5 points from Georgia. A slap in the face. Okay. All right. Now, we've buried the lead. Now, you're from the Cincinnati area, the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. When they start doing celebrity fans of Cincinnati Bearcat football, you got to be in the short list. The parade, the...
2: Yeah, but Game I. Day. But I'm not a Cincinnati Bearcat fan. No, 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 no. You're supposed to pretend you no, are. No, no. I no. I went to Dayton. We talked about this. No, I don't care. Dayton cannot play Alabama in the playoffs. They that's cannot. Alabama doesn't want any part of Dayton football. Exactly. Yes, let's be fair to Dayton. No, I, I, I'm glad for Cincinnati, but I'm not a Cincinnati Bearcat graduate. Five weeks. That's all we need. No, no. I don't. I, you know, happy for them. Congratulations, Coach
5: Fickle. Yes. Yes. Wasn't Dayton basketball sort of headed towards the final four that one year and they lost the final four. That could have been your time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: COVID COVID's the only thing that could stop Dayton basketball. Couldn't stop me. Actually, I stopped me. Uh, (laughs) Let me see. So we got, Oh, I say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, download the app and watch for free. Also our radio affiliates around the country. We'll get to phone calls. Oh, you know what I was thinking, Jeff in Detroit calls just about every day, and he, you know, he doesn't have much to cheer for. I mean, he's a Detroit fan, and uh, I was thinking maybe I don't take Jeff's phone call today after the Lions won. You know, happy holidays. Yeah, that just <laughs> that would be cruel and unusual punishment that I don't take
0: Jeff's Cruel, but not unusual for
2: us. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Because I said to Marvin, I said, Jeff's going to be one of the first guys to call in, right? And I look at the uh, callers, Jeff's on the line. But I can't get to Jeff right now. we got a commercial break. I mean, I I got three hours, and I hope to squeeze in a phone call from Jeff today. But I don't know. Paulie, can you give me confirmation that the Lions did win yesterday? Efforting. Okay. I just want to make sure. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP show. We'll take a break. Big Mike Golick will join us. We'll talk to Notre Dame's new head coach, Marcus Freeman, and Carson Palmer, the former USC quarterback, will join us. Coming up as well, 16 after the hour here, Dan Patrick Show. Discover, discover something amazing. Using that credit card and then Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. So there's no limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing. Even more amazing because all the places in the United States where Discover is accepted, 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply.
6: where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
0: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers, you can trade with friends to compete.
2: To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories for 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.
1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing,
2: and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Bears-Packers next Sunday night, NBC and Peacock. I saw the promo, it said Aaron Rodgers versus Justin Fields. I'm assuming Justin Fields is going to be there. I don't think he's playing, is he? Although, if you're a Bears fan after the Andy Dalton performance, McLovin, I like how McLovin gets so defensive about Andy Dalton. I go, yeah, four interceptions. Well, only two are his fault.
5: I mean, do tip passes really count as interceptions? Yeah, they do. I blame this this uniform. Nobody can seem to play quarterback
2: in the Bears uniform. Wait, that's your that's your defense of Andy Dalton. He, he may have a point about that. With a it's Bears pretty good. Oh, you being a Bears fan? Yeah. All right. Let's bring in uh, Big Mike Olick football talk live co-host a former Notre Dame defensive lineman and a former Mike and Mike co-host you know people say it's hard to get into Notre Dame and I said the goallick all got into Notre Dame so it's not that tough to get into Notre Dame is it Mike
7: no no it's really not Dan thanks for that and by the way had I uh, had I had the insightful analysis of the uniform yeah being the reason that uh, the Bears and the quarterbacks aren't playing well, I may still have a job as a morning radio.
2: <laughs> so, so that's what happened. That's what that's happened. It. Yep. That was it.
7: Just, what, not, not, not enough great uniform analysis got me booted. <laughs> yep.
2: yep. This just in. We finally figured out what happened to Mike and Mike. Mm. Um, was there a tactful way for Brian Kelly to leave Notre Dame that everybody would have been okay with?
7: You know what I I find it hard to imagine there's any way because what do all of these coaches say when they're in the living room? You know, of an of an 18 year old is I'm going to be your coach. Um, I I don't know of any that sit in there, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm not in the living room where they say, you know what, come to my school, and I might be there and I might not be. You know, for the next for, for your time there. So they all give the the thought that they're going to be there. And then, as far as leaving, what makes it tough, Dan, is now it's less than two weeks away. Is the early signing period? The NCA did that. It used to be the February where you had a little more time. Now you got to have your ducks in a row by then. So um, the only way I could think it—listen, it, we're, we're two guys from a different era. I don't think it can be—it can be held off. Could Brian Kelly say, "Hey, to the AD, we're the only ones talking right now. My plan is to do this," but? I don't need this out on social media. I need to go back and talk to my team first. I don't know if you can do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do not know if you can do that anymore. I'm glad he went back and talked to him after the fact. He didn't do that when he left Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame. And I, I certainly had a problem with that. I, I don't know if there's a tactful way with the timing of everything now in college football.
2: And also, everybody saw this with Cliff Kingsbury, where there, the Oklahoma rumor. And I... He doesn't deny it, and he didn't really push it to the side and say, I'm absolutely not going to Oklahoma. It was like, okay, he's going to use that to get a new deal with Arizona. What if Arizona just said, uh, you want to go coach in college, then go ahead. We got a young team. You want to go? Go.
7: I, I think Cliff would probably take that chance. Uh, see, but but I, I get your point because you know you, you're basically, and I don't blame. Listen, we would all. What what's the greatest word there is in contract and talk? It's leverage. And all of a sudden, you have other people after you, and you could you can go because contracts don't mean a damn thing as far as coaches are concerned. So they can go. So if you have the leverage, how many college coaches are going to get paid like Mel Tucker did? Uh, you know, because their name gets thrown out. Yeah, you know, I'm waiting for, Mel, uh, for uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State if he doesn't take another job to get paid. If you, you can use it to your, your advantage, so be it. But there is that side of it if, the, if they say... Oh, no, go ahead. You can go if you want. It would be really interesting what would happen then. I don't expect that to happen, but certainly a team could say it.
2: But if I'm Oregon and Mario Cristobal wants to flirt with Miami, then I would say go. Given what you've produced the last two games against Utah, go. Feels like you're already out the door.
7: So so I guess the other side of that, because we were talking about that with with, uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? where he would get them to 9, 10 wins a year, but he wasn't beating Michigan State consistently. He hadn't beaten Ohio State at all. He wasn't getting in a Big Ten championship. He certainly wasn't getting in the four-team tournament. So you would say, was it getting close for for Jim to be gone because he was losing those big games? But then it's like, and I would say the same thing with Mario, who are you getting? Where where are you going? Who are you going to get He's getting you right to the brink every year. And at some point, I I know time will run out. But that's the first thing I always ask is like, okay, where are you going to go that's going to all of a sudden you're going to beat Utah, you know, this time? You know, is is Mario Cristobal the reason you're not beating Utah and you could find somebody that can?
2: How about Chip Kelly returning to Oregon?
7: Boy, wouldn't that be something? It just certainly hasn't worked for Chip the way he thought it was going to be. You know, when, when he was running that offense there and then brought it to the NFL and it fizzled out there and and then returned to college. So, uh, I listen, it would not shock me at all if they were trying to relive the day there a little bit. I don't know if you can, but give it a shot. If you want to have somebody that had success, there, there's a proven guy who had success at your school. That's actually a really good name.
2: He's uh, Mike Golick, the uh, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Mike Florio and, of course, uh, formerly with uh, Mike and Mike. I... You know why is it that we don't embrace Tom Brady as maybe the leading candidate for the MVP? It's almost like well, we're we're looking like can we come up with somebody other than a forty-four year old guy?
7: Is is it the Michael Jordan effect or the LeBron effect? Where not that Tom's won it as many times as that, but he's just always there. He's just a constant. He's like that 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 bu- bug in your buzzing in your ear. He's always there. It's like you're looking over here and you're like. Oh, yeah, there's that buzzing in my ear. There's Tom Brady throwing four more touchdowns. There's Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns. Because we haven't seen it before, Dan. We haven't seen a guy this old who is Benjamin Button, you know, who is reverse aging, uh, who is still performing this well. We're not used to it. So how much do we buy into it that says a 44-year-old? What is it saying when the 44-year-old, we're saying, is the best player in our league, a league of – 20 and early 30 somethings it's pretty odd it's it's i guess it's tough to comprehend but it could be reality because of the way he's playing
2: give me the nfl team that you just can't figure out at this stage of the season
7: um i would say buffalo and you know they're playing obviously tonight against new england you know you, you look at the last six games lost win lost win lost win you know you score 45 you score six you know you give up 31 you give up 15. At one point, they were scoring the most and, and, and giving up the least, offense and defense. They were the complete team. That's the Cardinals now. I can't figure them in a good way. A team I can't figure in a bad way is Minnesota, but they can't figure themselves out either. But, I mean, a good team. We expected Buffalo to be be running that division now, right? And now there's New England again, you know, top of the division and the number one seed, old Bill, sly old Bill getting it done. But I would say Buffalo, I can't, I can't figure them out. Maybe let Josh Allen go do what he does again. Let him go run around. You know that's when they seem they were they were kind of at their best when they just kind of let him do his thing. We'll see what happens.
2: And also with the Patriots, like begrudgingly acknowledge the Patriots are good again. Like we don't we don't want to, but you know you go, damn, they're eating four. If they would happen to win tonight, then people would probably say they're the best team in the AFC. Because the
7: AFC, it is. We went from. Okay, you have to build a team that can score with the Kansas City Chiefs to now wondering who the hell is going to score all the points, right? Because the Chiefs aren't what they were, and it's a combination of things from drop passes to to Patrick to the defense early in the year to other teams. Don't stay stagnant and just say, oh, well, they're just going to let the Chiefs kick our ass every year. They try and get better as well. So we don't have that dominant high-scoring team in the AFC anymore, so that perfectly opens the door for Bill Belichick defensive-led team that, that keeps teams down scoring and lets your rookie quarterback who is already great from the neck up really kind of mature physically as an NFL quarterback. It's kind of the perfect timing thing to go with an AFC that isn't, that isn't um, any offensive juggernauts where we thought we were going to get the offensive juggernauts this year.
2: Help me explain the logic of the Ravens going for two instead of going for the tie.
7: Well, I mean, I know what John said as far as his cornerbacks. He was running out of them. Um, and he doesn't think that would have bode well for overtime. And it may not bode well for the rest of, uh, of the year going forward. <clears throat> I don't. So I can understand that. I don't know what the analytics said on that one, if it was a go for two or not situation. Um, Pittsburgh had certainly played a better second half than they did a first half. Maybe you take that into consideration. And by the way, the play was there, Dan. The play was there. The guy who made the play, obviously, Lamar could have had a little bit better of a throw. Mark Andrews, we, we've seen him make one-handed catch, maybe could have made that catch. But T.J. Watt did a great job not crashing down on the fake and then keeping contained because Lamar, I'm sure, expected to be able to get outside, and then he's got a two-way go, him or Andrews, or, or, you know, they're, and they're going to get it. But T.J., you know, who's just coming off the COVID thing at three and a half of the seven sacks, does a nice job of not only not going down on the fake but staying at the, high, the outside hip and staying outside and not letting Lamar run outside and have to make a quicker throw. But other than that, I mean, the play was there to be had, so I don't have much of a problem with it. The execution, just give Pittsburgh and T.J. Watt a little credit there.
2: Well, I just wondered, with the Ravens, you've got the best field goal kicker, maybe in history, (laughs) and that's a weapon if you go into overtime, and you know Pittsburgh's got, their kicker had a bad afternoon, so that was the only thing I thought of, is I can take my chances, because I always have this weapon, and nobody else in football has this weapon, but you're right, the play was there. It was just, you know, it wasn't as firmly executed as you would have hoped there. Um, he had 11 career sacks. 11 You're... and a half, Dan. 11 and a half. Paul, did he have 11 or 11 and a half?
4: He's right, I should have rounded up to 12.
2: Okay. Your favorite sack in your NFL career was against?
4: <clears throat>
7: well, I would say
4: it's when uh it was in
7: '89 when we played the Cowboys. I believe we had eleven or twelve sacks as a team that day. and I, and I had and I believe I had two and a half sacks. So that was the greatest day of of pass rushing in my nine year career, of which I like to think of as consistency. okay, Nine years, eleven and a half sacks. people say that's not a lot. I say it's consistent. It's a consistent little over one a year. And also I should tell, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Me and my brother Bob, who was a defensive uh, lineman as well, we would have a contest every year of who would have the most sacks. And as soon as one of us would get one, it would be a commanding lead for <laughs> how well of pass rushers that we were. Uh, but that game, I would say, where I had two, two and a half sacks against Troy Aikman and we, we shut them down was probably the most fun I had without question.
2: Okay. I'm just, do you ever mention that to Troy Aikman that you owned him that day?
7: <clears throat> I, I actually just saw Troy. I was calling a, a Thursday game that he was doing. And we were on the field. We actually, we were talk- it was in Cleveland. We were talking to Baker Mayfield for a bit. Then he turned to me and he said, you know, he said, my mom loved watching your show. Uh, loved watching Mike and Mike. He said, because she said, because you mentioned his name a lot. And whenever I would mention my three career interceptions, one of them was against Troy. But I'd always <laughs> mention that Troy ended up tackling as well. And Troy said, my mom loved that you mentioned my name and that I tackled you after throwing an interception. So she always really liked you and your show. And I'm like, well, tell your mom thank you. I appreciate it wow. very much.
2: three interceptions? That's uh, pretty impressive. So you picked off Troy Aikman, and who? Yeah. what other quarterbacks have that on their resume?
7: So uh, I picked off him. I picked off Don Magikowski uh, off a tip pass by Reggie White. Uh, And then Reggie, the late great Reggie, was a dear friend of mine, and God rest his soul, didn't block Majkowski, and and, and so he tackled me. And then I intercepted a ball from Jim Everett, and Jim Everett tackled me. So I had three (laughs) interceptions, which I consider to be pretty impressive, yet each time I got tackled by the quarterback, which I consider to be not very impressive.
2: Is there anybody better defensively, defensive line than Reggie White?
7: In my eyes, no, uh, because of all he could do. He could line up at end, he could line up on the guard, he could line up on the center, it didn't matter uh, where he lined up. He could play the run, he could play the pass. He had maybe the best move there was with the rip and the hump move, where he could take the biggest, strongest guys and and just leverage them out of the way. Um, Just you know, sometimes they say when you're a great player, you look strong, but you're not really that strong. He was that strong in the weight room. He was that great on the field. I watched him run a four six forty at over three hundred pounds. I mean, he was he was an unbelievable uh, uh, player. And, and and in my eyes, you know, it's four free agency. We we're all together for so long in Philly. He was a hell of a person too, a better person than a player. And uh, and that's that's what I certainly miss the most about him. But from a football aspect just because of where he could go up and down the line to me i i I didn't see anybody better
2: how would you compare him with aaron donald
7: well i mean two different i mean aaron donald starts the year in the 280s and probably finishes in the 70s or the high 60s quite honestly they're two different game players you know i mean there's the quickness inside with the moves that aaron donald has and there's the raw power uh, that Reggie would play with, as well as quickness at times. And again, Reggie would move up and down the line. Aaron, I'm not saying, listen, whenever you talk like this, people say, oh my God, he's criticizing Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play this game. But I, like I said, because Reggie could go anywhere on the line, and maybe Aaron could too if they wanted him to or let him, he could probably do that. They just do it in different ways. They're two of the best to ever do it. They just do it in different ways.
2: I was wondering about Micah Parsons that, you know, you come in as a linebacker. You don't get paid as linebackers. You want to be an edge rusher. Can he, how does that work to be reclassified?
7: Well, listen, guys have tried it. Didn't Jimmy Graham try it? I mean, he tried it to be a wide receiver instead of a tight end. You try and, so what you do is you try and get your agent to say how many times you lined up where, right? And certainly him as a, As a pass rusher, as an edge rusher, or as a linebacker, there's going to be a monster difference uh, when you get to franchise tagging or what you're going to be paid. This dude is unbelievable, what he is doing. His versatility is incredible with what he's doing. I don't know if he'll win his classification. Let's just say either way, he's on the road to making a whole lot of money, but I know you want to maximize that. So it will be interesting of how he, he will definitely try to be classified as an outside rusher.
2: You believe in the Cowboys? Um,
7: boy, you know you you the way that I I did in the beginning of the year, and there are times I do, but I think like a lot of teams this year, they leave you scratching your head every now and then. Now again, they've had their two wide receivers, you know, between injury and COVID, they haven't been been stable there. Zeke, you wonder Pollard has been doing well. It's turned into a two back system, uh, for sure. That old line when when, Ter- when Teron Smith is out is different than when he's in. Luckily, Zach Martin has been in for the most part for them. They haven't been running the ball as good as I as I thought as of late. They need to do that better. Let me just say this. I believe them more if they have all their pieces. Now, you could say that about every team, right? But that's what this game is, Dan. You know it. You've been around this long enough. It's a war of attrition. Yeah. Once you get to the playoffs, do you have your guys that you need to win? That's going to be the, the, the thing.
2: You know what? You're finding out what I found out when Oberman left to go to Fox. And – even to this day, I still have people asking me about Keith Overman. The rest of your life, you'll be asked about you and Greenie. Oh yeah, it, it's like you know uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Like you know, it just that it's going to be there forever. And you guys did it for two decades. You know, it's almost like you have to have that Stan Pat answer <laughs> when somebody says, "Hey, how are you and Greenie? or You guys going to get back together? All these things that I got with Oberman, you guys going to get back on SportsCenter? I mean, I'm still getting that. So do you have that Stan Pat answer when somebody says, hey, you and Greeny get back together?
7: Uh, Yeah, I just, think the Stan Pat answer is basically it's not going to happen. Just kind of, I don't know what yours was. But I I guess the, the best answer would be this is a crazy business where paths cross and recross all the time, so you never can say never. I guess that would be the most general answer I could give.
2: Yeah. Wait, is that breaking Ah, news? Golik says there's a chance.
7: (laughs) That said, you could probably finish it like Mike Tomlin and say, it's never going (laughs) to happen.
2: Hey, great to talk to you, buddy. My best to your wife and family. And uh, I'll see you backstage at a Darius Rucker concert sometime soon. (laughs) Sounds good, Dan. Thank you, buddy. That's Mike Golik, Big Mike. Uh, Pro Football Talk Live uh, works with Mike Florey occasionally there. Always good to catch up with him. I've probably seen him more at Darius Rucker concerts than I did when I was at the Mothership. Uh, Yes, Paulie?
4: Remember him at the Miami Super Bowl? Our first Super Bowl on the road. We had the RV on the beach. (laughs) And we had this really cool, fun setup, our first year, DirecTV on the road. And they just walked by, Mike and Mike. Greenberg and Golik. Oh, that's
2: right. Because we had an RV and we had an awning that came out. It rained. We're, we're knocking rain off. We got, you know, their show was over. And I think everybody was curious what I was doing since I left ESPN. And we had created something. We're on the beach. I mean, we had created something there, thanks to DirecTV. So I saw Greeny and Golik, and I said, go get Golik. He's he not afraid. I said, well, see if both will come up. And, you know, they were so, Greeny ran. Greeny's like, oh, I'm not getting, I'm going to get yelled at if I go over there. Golik's like, hey, I hey I, I, we're fine. And, and I, I didn't view them as competition. They didn't view me certainly as competition. I'm like, have Golik come over. And he did. And Big Mike sat down and I always appreciated that. But I remember Green, I was like, hey, Greeny, Golick, And Greeny turned around and he ran. Probably is like, he didn't want to get a call. He didn't want to hear from uh, our bosses. All right, let me take a break. I got to get to phone calls. Jeff in Detroit is going to have to be my first call, you know, after the Lions won. But uh, Play of the Day is coming up next to your Dan Patrick show. The holiday season is festive and fun, but it can also be very stressful. you got everything going on. Decorating, you're shopping for gifts, you're hosting people, maybe traveling. Quality sleep is essential to boost energy, recovery, and well-being. But trying to grab that sleep, that's the tough part. That's why you don't want to miss on Sleep Number's Cyber Week special. Save up to $1,000 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds with adjustable bases. Plus special financing. This ends Monday, December 6th, which is where we are right now only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. But also, it's so important for children. They need to stick to their regular routines as much as possible because the winter holidays are their favorite, the excitement of special traditions, you got the decorations, extra candy. You're going to be having abnormal sleep patterns there. Check out the sale that's going on right now. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler TJ
1: Hushmanzada and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to
8: be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LaVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico
6: Burris on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that, but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards.
3: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
1: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race,
2: Play of the day. Check this out.
1: First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back. Looks gross. And yes. touchdown for Trevor's. They did it. Armand am in the receiving end.
7: Oh, they're rushing the field. They've done it.
1: Three zeros on the clock. This game is over. It's over.
2: Is that his first career touchdown reception? Wow. 97.1, the ticket, the Lions Radio Network. That's your play of the day. You want to sing like Mariah Carey, cook like Gordon Ramsay? Give them Masterclass. Unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. Now you can give one annual Masterclass membership. Get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms do apply. Here is the Lions head coach, Dan Campbell, after the win.
7: Well, of course I'm happy. We're all happy. I'm happy for the coaches. I'm happy for everybody. But it's like you want this so bad for the players, man, because they're the ones who put in all the hard work and the sweat and the tears. And yeah, we all do. And so do the coaches, man. And, uh, and, but it's also, that's what makes this great, you know? And it, it, look, when you lose, it hurts. It's hard. It's hard, but it's also why winning is so great in this league because it's not easy to do. And when you get them, man, it's special. So, um, I'm just, man, I'm proud of
2: those guys. Uh, Rightfully so. Yeah. Still keeping that enthusiasm. Jeff in Detroit leads us off on this Monday. Jeff, best and worst of the weekend.
8: What up, though? One time for Chat Row. Good morning, there, fellas. Listen, first of all, I'd like to give a big shout-out to the Big Ten as well as the NFL. At the beginning of both games, unfortunately, here in Michigan, we've had to wrap our arms around the Oxford community due to the tragic school shooting, and all of the families were represented in both games And the one thing that I can tell you, Michigan comes together as a community. They definitely do. And what I saw with the Detroit Lions yesterday, I mean, they just really, really pulled it out. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't even see it again because it's like the girl getting murdered at the end of the the show. And it's like I I, I can't, I I really can't get to the point where I will just watch them again, man. I can't watch them go down the drain and they pulled it out. They just pulled it out, and then Michigan turns around and does the same thing. Michigan turns around and pulls it out. So here in Michigan, the sun is shining. We are happy, and I tell you, I haven't been able to call your show since December the 6th and say that the Detroit Lions won a game, and I can finally do that. The horse is off my back then, My passion bucket runneth over, my brother. It really and truly does. All right. Well, congratulations,
2: Jeff. It's been a long time. Don't know when the next one's coming, but uh, they got one. That's all that matters right now. Let's settle on the poll question. By the way, I got a stat of the day for you. Seton, you want to fire up some music? Two NFL teams have outscored their opponents by more than 120 points this season. Only two. They happen to play tonight. Buffalo plus 144. New England plus 146. Do you have the worst point differential for a
4: good team, Paul? For a good team? Oh, wow. Um, Okay, the Tennessee Titans, would you consider them a good team? Eight and four? Yeah. They've outscored their opponents by a total of 14 points on the
3: Mm. season.
2: Mm.
4: The Indianapolis Colts are seven and six, but they've outscored their opponents by 88 points. Mm. The Ravens are eight and four. They've only outscored their opponents by 22. Uh, Let's see. i had another one. The Washington football team is six and six but has been outscored by fifty one points. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. The Green Bay Packers have outscored their opponents by forty one points. The Buccaneers have outscored their opponents by one hundred and seven points. Um the Seattle Seahawks are four and eight. They've been outscored by a total of ten points on the season. Hmm. But they've four and eight.
2: Yeah, watching that game and when Russ threw the ricochet interception, I thought, oh no. They can't drop to three and nine. Now, there's still a little bit of hope there, but not much. In San Francisco, that was one of those where you can't really say to Jimmy Garoppolo, go out there and win a game. And uh, didn't, have, didn't have a great game. Let's put it that way. They had like an option run on fourth and one. And I went, what are you, what are you doing? And Garoppolo kept it. And I think the announcer said, well, no, maybe it was the surprise that nobody thought it was going to happen. I went, okay, this isn't Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, McLovin.
5: Do you get a sense that if they don't make the playoffs, then Garoppolo is definitely gone?
2: Well, in fairness to him, this was a bad game. I mean, he's, he's played okay. But, you know, if, if you're fine with just, he's our quarterback and he's doing well, or he's fine, then... Then fine, but you spent you spent a lot to go get Trey Lance, um, and there's going to be openings here. You know, I don't know what happens in Pittsburgh or Carolina. Is Miami satisfied? What happens with the Texans? I mean, there's probably going to be seven or eight of these jobs. Then you look at the uh, draft. I don't know if you have a franchise maker coming in where you go, man. We're lucky to have that high of a draft pick here. The Notre Dame head coach, Marcus Freeman, will join us coming up. And Carson Palmer will join us as well. I got to get my Heisman vote in today. Speaking of Carson Palmer, have to fill out that ballot. One hour in the books, two more to go. One more item. We close out hour one. M-Drive had a scoop this morning. Scoop, there it is. The supplement for driven guys with no plans to slow down, even as they age. M-Drive's special blend of clinically tested herbs. Also, vitamin supports your body's natural testosterone production to give you the energy and the strength and the mental boost you need to compete every single day. You can find M-Drive at Walgreens Rite Aid and Vitamin shop or go to mdrivedan.com. You're going to get free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. M-Drive doesn't contain testosterone. Instead, it helps your body maintain its natural testosterone production so you have the strength energy to focus and compete day in and day out. M Drive's not for everybody. It's just for driven people. Visit MDriveDan.com and you'll get healthy T support, strength and energy you need to fuel your daily drive. Don't let age beat you. Visit MDriveDan.com. Refind your prime with M Drive.